Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a Football Friday, just the second one ahead of a home game this season. On today's show, 4-0 is good, 5-0 is even better. So what needs to happen on Sunday? What must the Cardinals do to beat the 49ers and remain the NFL's only undefeated team? Mike Jarecki has his three keys to victory along with the X-Factor. First, though, we update the NFC West standings. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 479, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Full disclosure, MJ, I found myself rooting for the Seahawks last night. I wanted, provided the Cardinals take care of business on Sunday, a two-game lead within the division, and I'm not going to get it. But that was my hope after watching Thursday Night Football. I think we were in the same boat because, you know, you look at the Rams' upcoming schedule, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit easier than maybe the first couple of weeks, and they would have given them their second loss instead. Um, you know, obviously when Russell Wilson left the game, and I'll give credit to Geno Smith. I mean, he, he actually moved the ball down the field. They had a chance at the end. But, you know, uh, the Rams, I mean, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, he threw for 365 yards. Uh, but he was also, you know, missing receivers. But, again, that's part of the, you know, him being a new quarterback in that system. But, yeah, I was in the same boat as you. For a half, I had my wish. The Seahawks had a 7-3 halftime advantage. Then the Rams outscored the Seahawks 23-10 in the second half. You bring up Russell Wilson, something to keep an eye on. He hasn't missed a game starting 149 straight contests. Longest active streak by an active quarterback, but that middle finger on his throwing hand, we'll kind of pay attention to that. Matthew Stafford had his own finger issue, but that didn't seem to really bother him. But all right, let's we didn't get what we wanted, but this is what we do have. And you know, I'm gonna try to try to spin it and, and make it seem like we got what we wanted at the end of the day, even though I didn't. But if you look at the NFC West standings now, with the Rams at four and one, the 49ers two and two, and the Seahawks two and three, again, Cardinals take advantage on Sunday, do what they're supposed to do. You would have both the 49ers and Seahawks with three losses plus two losses within the division. You'd have the one game lead on the Rams, although head to head, you would have the tiebreaker. There's another game, I understand that. So it becomes all of a sudden a two-team race, if you will. You've dismissed the Seahawks. You've dismissed the 49ers at least through five weeks, and you're just focused on the Rams who are on the rearview mirror. Yeah, and that that was why I was rooting for the Seahawks because they already had a couple of losses, and I'm thinking, all right, if the Rams lose their second game, the Cardinals have the tiebreaker, and they would have a you know a nice uh, little lead in the division. And just quickly here, this is the Rams' upcoming schedule. Giants, Lions, Texans, Titans, 49ers. So not a murderer's row. Is that what you're getting at? I mean, again, uh, you know, uh, I think the Seahawks are, are more in a, in a desperation spot because, you know, Russell Wilson's he's going to have to fly to L.A. and they're calling, you know, his finger and 
clearly, I mean, here's a guy that you mentioned, 149 consecutive starts, and you know, so th- there'll be a drop off, even though you do have some experience in, in Geno Smith. All right, so that's what happened on Thursday. Let's get into what is going or what we hope happens on Sunday. But before we get into that, some injury reports, notes that we do need to pass along. And that is a little bit of a concern because it deals with the cornerback depth. You can have multiple injuries going into a game, just not at the same position. And it does not look like Byron Murphy is going to play. He did not practice at all this week because of a rib injury. Marco Wilson now all of a sudden, there's some question with him. He was a full participant on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, and then not seen during the open portion on Friday. So something happened during Thursday's practice. He's dealing with rib injury as well. So all of a sudden, if you don't have one or you don't have both, that certainly leaves a lot of question marks and maybe question marks that we had going into the season about the cornerback position because your top three, all you've sudden, all you have is Robert Alford left over. Yeah, that's not ideal. And and again, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo was, in, was going to be playing in this game, and they haven't ruled him out, but I think everyone is pointing to Trey Lance. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he – He'll throw you a pick or two, but he'll also be able to spread the ball down the field. He knows the offense like the back of the hand. And then you look at a guy like Debo Samuel, who's really played well in the first couple of weeks. Um, you know, there was a busted play last week when Trey Lance hit him for a long ball. Um, but for the for, for, at the same time, though, yeah, I mean, it's you're going to have to get, create pressure with your front seven. And, you know, obviously, you know, Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons are going to have to, uh, you know, maybe play a little bit different role when it comes to different packages, dime or, or nickel or dime. So, listen, we, you know, the Cardinals have been fairly uh, healthy. Um, so you look around the league, you know, Russell Wilson couldn't play the second half. You, you know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be out for this game. And we know the Niners have been hit at the running back position. So, you know, that's part of, you know, having a good season is being lucky. And the good news is we're not talking about guys going on IR. And I'm glad you pointed that out because this probably is a week-to-week situation and hopefully it gets better, it doesn't get worse. It's not something to where all of a sudden IR means you're missing at least three weeks. So that's the good news in all of this. But you look at what happens now at the cornerback position. Robert Alford is healthy. You do have Antonio Hamilton and Tay Gowan. Hamilton, though, is dealing with an ankle injury. He has been limited in practice the past couple of days. So that's what you have on the roster right now. Now, Tay Gowan has been inactive all season long. So my guess is, one, he will be active this week, and two, you're going to make some moves on Saturday. There are going to be some players that get elevated from the practice squad, two in particular, at least in my opinion, and two that were protected this week. Luke Barku, who's back on the roster, and Jace Whitaker, the former U of A player who made some noise a year ago, especially in training camp, and was most of last season on the practice squad. So those two I'm expecting to be seen on the active roster and then a decision will be made on Sunday whether they're active or inactive. Yeah, that's a good call. Now, when you look at Chase Whitaker, he's a slot guy. Now, um, and that and that's where Byron Murphy has been lining up. We know he can play on the outside. So, you know, Tay Gowan, um, you know, I think he's really raw. Um, I, you know, at this point in time, the Cardinals feel worthy that they haven't tried to slide him on the practice squad. He is part of the future. 
Um, but you look at Luke Barco, he does have experience, 27 years old. He's been in the league. He's been in the system. So I would think he's a better option at that point. And you may have to have Isaiah Simmons, you know, help out. We always talk about Kyler and the running game being that, you know, that, that, that other option or luxury. Well, you do have Isaiah Simmons. And, you know, we know that, you know, Dennis Gardak is going to be active. So you got Chandler, Golden, and Kennard. So you, you do have some flexibility Clearly, you know, you got Zabin Collins and uh, and Jordan Hicks, and right now we don't know how much Collins is going to play. So they're going to have to mix and match here a little bit to cover. Um, but, again, it's more important for them to get, get that front seven to possibly, you know, get off Trey Lance off his spot, and that can go a long way when it comes to turnovers. The other option as far as coverage, whether that's in zone or man-to-man, is Jalen Thompson. It's not something we see a lot, but Vance Joseph earlier this week talked very highly of Jalen Thompson, not just about his tackling in space, but his ability to cover. It wouldn't be the entire game, the entire season, but if needed – So it is good that the Cardinals do have options, and I like what you said about Isaiah Simmons because that's always the wild card when you're talking about the secondary and the ability to move him around close to the line of scrimmage, far from the line of scrimmage. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as far as what they do in the secondary. Well, and he he may draw the assignment on, on George Kittle. Yes. I mean that that I mean he's got the size and speed and the physicality to to run with George Kittle. So, you know, there's there's a drop off. We don't know about Brandon Ayuk. Um we know that Samuel has been the go-to guy whether it's Lance or Garoppolo, but and then you look at Kyle Juszczyk. So, I would think that, you know, if they can get Samuel and and Kittle involved, that may loosen up the running game a little bit, but I anticipate Isaiah Simmons could draw one of those assignments. All right, so that's the defensive question marks. On offense, Chase Edmonds dealing with a shoulder injury. He was on the practice field on Friday, so that's a good sign. I do expect him to play, though the question now becomes, do you have Eno Benjamin available this week in the events that Edmonds isn't able to finish the game or that shoulder bothers him again. Is this finally the week that Eno Benjamin is dressed in uniform for a regular season contest? Well, I mean, likely going to dress two quarterbacks. We're curious to see now that Darrell Daniels is on COVID. Did they bring up Ross Travis? He's more of a, a pass-catching tight end. You know, Jonathan Ward to me is has more upside. He's going to dress. Um, to, he's a little bit of what James Conner does, and with also with uh, Chase Edmonds. Now it's a shoulder injury. Obviously, you know he, he touched the ball a lot last week, so it was a physical game. Um, so maybe you got to scale him back a little bit and still utilize Conner on that short yard or so. But I'm I'm okay with Jonathan Ward, and if they feel like they're going to run the ball, then maybe we'll see Eno. But it's just a numbers game when it comes to the D-line, linebackers, and the corners and safeties. And, again, a lot of will hinge on do they only dress two tight ends. Um, So then you you have the luxury of bringing up somebody else that maybe you wouldn't think would be on the 53, or in this case, the 46-man roster. And if you happen to miss this week's Big Red Rage with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley, Chase Edmonds was the guest. You can go to the – archives on azcardinals.com to catch that interview and chase edmonds did not talk like someone who was going to miss this week's game and he has quietly as we've discussed here on cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals how well he's playing not only running the football but in the receiving game as well his 20 catches leads the team and it's that scrimmage yards his ability whether it's running the football or catching the football helping out this offense so 
the anticipation is that Chase Edmonds will play and will be fine. The question now becomes on the offensive line. Do we see Kelvin Beecham this week after missing the past two games because of a rib injury? He is certainly trending towards being available. He has been practicing this week, but it's something that you want to make sure you're cautious as Kingsbury noted on Friday, and you do have Josh Jones, who's played very well at right tackle, and Max Garcia playing well at right guard. Yeah, it's unfortunate with uh, Justin Murray right now, and so we know that, you know, um, you know who's going to be the eighth offensive lineman. You know, if Beecham's able to go, then I slide in Josh Jones at right guard, and then you you can have uh, Max Garcia as your your backup center and guard. Um, and then they may have to go with somebody a little bit younger, maybe the Smith. If Eric they per- Smith. Eric Smith. My guess is he'll be elevated on Saturday and he's, just he, to make sure you have eight healthy offensive linemen with Justin Murray still dealing with a back injury. Yes, and he, he's more of a tackle. So, uh, again, if Beecham plays, that will settle things down where Murray was a guy that can play four different positions. But right now uh, you look at the top seven and, and – if, if Beecham plays, I think will be you move Josh Jones right back to right guard, and I think you got the starting five you had in week one. Yeah, so just some things. And, again, this is you know five weeks into the regular season, knock on wood. These are still – I mean, every injury is a concern, but there are – Short term. Yes. There are, I was going to say minor and major, but I like yours. Short term versus long term to where you're not losing players for multiple weeks. Yes, Beecham's been inactive, but it's two weeks, and – he is on the practice field, so I, I was liking to see that because he was out there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which, again, you're trending in that direction, and then it just becomes a pain tolerance, easy for me to say, but I'd like to have him there and slide Josh Jones back to right guard and then have Max Garcia at the ready if needed. Yeah, that's going to be one of my keys. Uh, these offensive tackles got to protect the edges when it comes to their pass rushers, and there's like three or four, and I'll throw Fred Warner in there, so we'll get into that when it comes to maybe the X factor or the intangible. Um, because that's one of their strengths is getting to the quarterback. I know they haven't forced a lot of turnovers, but they can get to the quarterback with just a four-man rush. All right, good tease. Let's get into this matchup. Week 5, the Cardinals at 4-0, looking to move to 5-0 and for the first time since 1974. MJ, that's the year I was born, so already I feel old heading into this match. Well, maybe it's better to say this would be the first time in Arizona. Oh, okay, that's that that they're, makes me a lot younger. Yes, they're 5 and 0. Well, they got to get there first. I was born in 1970. I moved out here in 1988, and that's the same year the Cardinals moved here. I had no idea they were moving here, so I can't say that I was chasing my dream when the Cardinals made an announcement they're going to move to Tempe, Arizona. So the 4-0 Cardinals host the 2-2 49ers. 125 is the kickoff at State Farm Stadium, 8.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. All right, let's get into it. What must happen for the Cardinals to improve to 5-0 for the first time since moving to Arizona. I like that. Very good job here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I got to point this out, though. Your voice sounds normal again. I mean, last week, I, I give you credit. Uh, you know, I did a little more talking, and that was the idea, and got you to Sunday, and you, you're a gamer, and you sound great this week, so I appreciate you bringing the pipes back. All right, number one. Pressure on Trey Lance. Make him uncomfortable in the pocket. I think it's pretty obvious. You know, first and second downs are going to be the key. If the Cardinals can do a nice job on first and second down, put him in these passing situations, 
And I think that's where, you know, again, I think they're going to dummy their game plan down. I mean, they're obviously going to play to his strengths, which is he has a strong arm. Um, he can run outside the pocket. Um, they probably want him to sit in the pocket at times. But, you know, it's the first time he's starting in the NFL. Doesn't have a lot of tape, um, even going back to college. Uh, there is some preseason tape. There's a second half where he, he actually threw the ball and they were able to you know move, move the ball up the field. So, I know it sounds the obvious, but again, he's making his first start, and you know, Vance has talked about you know some of these rookie quarterbacks the Cardinals have faced. Man, I go back to Kyle Allen a couple of years ago, and then we obviously had Tua last year and Jalen Hurts, and between those two guys, they put up a ton of yards. I forgot about Kyle Allen, the hometown kid making the start at State Farm Stadium, and yeah, he he won. He beat the Cardinals. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, that so. was that was that wasn't because. They played possum all week, and then they announced that Newton was going to be out. And uh, Kyle Allen, he, was it the, the year before he was at the game because he's a good friends with Christian Kirk? Correct, yes. And here he's on the field. So uh, don't take these guys lightly. And, again, it's all going to come down to what we talk about McVay. It's the, it's the motion and the shifting. And, you know, they're going to use their fullback. He can line up as a, as a tight end. Um, so they're going to try to get the Cardinals, you know, on their heels versus their toes. But, again, I, I think if you can just – Win first or second down, put them in passing situations, I think that will play into what the Cardinals want to do when it comes to third down. Now, we do need to mention that as we speak and record this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Jimmy Garoppolo has not officially been ruled out. He has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. The expectation is that he is going to be on the practice field on Friday. And at this point, if you are Kyle Shanahan, maybe you do get into that gamesmanship a little bit and keep telling the media, well, there's a chance. But I think everyone anticipates Trey Lance getting the start. And that's just not us here in Arizona. That's even people that cover the team in San Francisco, around the league, that Trey Lance will become the next rookie quarterback to make his debut this season. So that would mean all five quarterbacks drafted in the first round will have made a start through the first five weeks, at least one start. Yeah, and and, and John Lynch, uh, he does a weekly radio show on KNBR, and he said that Jimmy's been living in the at the facility getting treatment around the clock. I think we'll know, unless they rule him out today, which I don't think they will, but if we get, a, get an email tomorrow uh, or they announce that they're bringing up Nate Sutfield from the practice squad, that means he's out. Because if he's the backup quarterback, he – the, If you're healthy enough to be the backup, you start. Right. But they're saying, though, with the with the ankle injury, he has a, he had a hard time pushing off on some of his throws. And that was in the first half. And you mentioned it happened – Early in the game, first series of first the ball series game, of games. according to him. Yeah, so if we if we see Nate Sutfield tomorrow, then he's out. Okay, because you I mean you got to have a backup quarterback. Now, is he eighty percent and you, you feel better? The thing is, I don't know if Jimmy's mobile enough uh, to to really run this offense. I mean, with him in there, he, listen, he's twenty six and ten as a starter, twenty four and ten there. He won two games with the Patriots. His win loss record is impressive. Now. Um, I think, you know, just listening to Vance, he, I think he prefers to have Jimmy Garoppolo because there's the known versus the unknown. And he's less mobile, but I think it is more what you said, the former, as far as there's more film on Jimmy Garoppolo. And right now, with not having a full off season with Trey Lance as your quote-unquote starter, it is tough to really do a lot different 
as an offense, even though you can do different things with Trey Lance versus Jimmy G. So you might see some different things. But the offense, as Isaiah Simmons pointed out this week, the 49ers aren't going to, in his words, quote, reinvent the wheel, unquote, with respects to their offense. There might be some tweaks because Trey Lance will be on the field a little bit more. But basically, it's you just plug and play. And then maybe next offseason it becomes different because you go in knowing that Trey Lance is going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, with Garoppolo, you'd use the entire playbook. He's been in the system. This is the first offseason. He really didn't have to deal with any injuries and rehab. So, you know, he, he knows the offense to the back of his hand like Kyle. I just think they're going to have to come up with certain packages for him, not packages, certain plays that they know that he's he's ran in, in practice, and he's going to get all the first-team reps this week, so that goes a long way. And now it's just a matter of chemistry and, and, and you know him being confident and comfortable out there. But that's the idea of make him uncomfortable. Let him know that you're going to be here all day. And pressuring the quarterback goes towards can you stop the run first and foremost, and then you can – get to the quarterback and maybe Chandler Jones does get his first sack since week one maybe J.J. Watt gets his first sack period as an Arizona Cardinal and I think it would help to what we discussed earlier if you do have pressure on Trey Lance you make him uncomfortable gets rid of that football a lot quicker then your secondary without a Byron Murphy and potentially without a Marco Wilson now all of a sudden those guys on the line of scrimmage are helping the guys on the back end. Yeah. So, I I mean, that again, I, I know I'm stating the obvious, but I, when I the way I look at it is if they could just make him uncomfortable, don't let him get in the rhythm. And I'm sure they're going to they're gonna go plays that they've put in in the summer and things that work for him versus open up the entire playbook. And then all of a sudden he's thinking and he's confused. All right, number two. The Cardinals front seven versus the 49ers ground game. Avoid the backs and Lance getting to the second level. I think we heard all week about stopping the run. Marcus Golden pretty much said, hey, they could run it 100 times if they had their choice. Now, it doesn't really matter who the running back is. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the word in, in San Francisco is, you know, when it comes to their, their running backs, they don't feel like those guys are bell cows. It's more, you know, change of pace guys. So, I, I mean, to me um, – don't let them get to the second level. That's where you, that's where in the past Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, they would get these twelve-yard runs and run off to the races for like forty yards. So don't let these guys. And it's happened a few different times. You know, you, you go back to um, Henderson, Robinson, um, and then uh, Delvin Cook. So and again, it's all about you know stopping the run, staying in your gaps. Um, don't freelance even though you're going to try to make a play but I, I think it's important that they don't let these guys get to the second level and that means you, first and second downs are really important because they, they could come out and throw it or they can come out and run it uh, I'm sure they're going to give them some easy passes just to get them in rhythm you know maybe a quick uh, you know pass to George Kittle maybe a little uh, in the flat to Kyle Juszczyk because he's a guy that runs hard and you better make sure you're tackling and I, I've been impressed with the Cardinals tacklers what Jeff Wilson and the 49ers did a year ago, still very fresh in my mind, week 16 at State Farm Stadium, 227 rushing yards with a backup quarterback and literally ran through the Cardinals' defense. It was not pretty. It was a game the Cardinals, if they had won, make the postseason they did not got a new life the next week at the Rams unable to close the deal on that 
But if you look back at last season, as far as all the losses that you know that that hurts, you know, you know, I always go back to what happened earlier with the Lions game, but it really was the 49ers contest that I think sticks in a lot of players' minds and even some coaches' minds as well. Because if you don't, if you can't stop the run, then all of a sudden you're not making a team one-dimensional and you can't rush the passer. And then the quarterback just turns and hands the ball left, hands the ball right, and it's very demoralizing to a defense. So stopping the run, we say it every single week. Vance Joseph preaches it, but it doesn't matter who's running the football. Right now this Cardinals team has not been able to stop the run. They are second to last in rushing yards per play. That's got to change, and it's been fortunate enough that this offense has scored enough points to where the defense doesn't have to face a lot of rushing attacks because you're down one or two scores late in a contest and then all of a sudden you're the opponent you're forced to throw the football so we talk about adjustments that perhaps coach joseph has made it might have just be simply that the offense has helped pick up the defense get to a big lead to where jaguars rams titans can't throw the football anymore and that's helped the run defense yeah in in last week you know playing playing the rams and just based on the history since mcveigh's been there my number one key was you got to score 30 points i'm not saying that today i'm just saying win the game i mean it could come down to a kick uh they don't have their main kicker he's out or robbie gold so you know it could come down to that but um to me I think the Cardinals' offense is sustainable, and if they can force some turnovers, that will go a long way. We'll win field position when it comes to you know kickoff return and punt return. So those are little things, and the Cardinals did not turn the ball over last week, and that was important uh, just based on you know how the game went a little bit back and forth until the second half. So uh, they, they know what's at stake here, and they know this is a different team. Just from the leadership standpoint, the physicality standpoint, um, they, they, the, even Hop said, we're just taking it one, one game at a time. You know, the first quarter's over. We went 4-0. Now you try to get, you know, three or four wins in the second uh, – in the month of October. So uh, it's just a little things. And I think they they're a different team than last year. I don't see this happening. I would be surprised if it happens again like it did last year. Well, with respect to the run game, too, it was little things that Marcus Golden pointed to on Friday, saying, quote, it's fixable what they're doing. Yet here we are four games in, and we're still hearing that. So that's somewhat of a concern. And you can't expect an offense, the Cardinals offense, to jump out to a two, three-score lead to where now all of a sudden a team doesn't run the football because they're trying to play catch-up. So these are not good numbers with respect to the Cardinals' defense. They have earned a lot of respect and a lot of praise, but that ground game is not sitting well with us and certainly with those players and coaches in the locker room. Yeah, and and I'm glad because it is correctable. I mean, just everyone do your job. It sounds simple, but – you know, I'm waiting for J.J. Watt to have a breakout game. You know, he, I'm not so much in the sacks, but, you know, he obviously created pressure on that pick six. Um, he's getting tackled for losses. You know, he's getting the quarterback to get rid of the ball. So I just think, you know, and then, you know, it's not only J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. You know, you'd like to see, you know, Lucky Foto and Rashard Lawrence and Corey Peters make some plays, you know, being that, you know, those run stuffers in the middle. And then Michael Dogby has the athleticism and, and the speed and the strength to come off the edge. So, no, I, I like where they are. It's just I think we, 
you need some other guys to step up besides the, the obvious guys. Yeah, the defensive line. Pay attention to those, whether it's three guys with their hand in the dirt, four guys, two guys. They need to have their best game this season, certainly to stop the run, but also to help the back end as well. All right, so we've got two of the three keys. One, pressure on Trey Lance. Two, front seven against that 49ers rush offense. What's number three? Cardinals passing game against the Niners secondary. Now, you look at their secondary – um, you know, they, they, Josh Norman, I don't know if he's going to be able to play. He had, he, had, he was taken to the hospital. He was bleeding, I think, like something like that. Hopefully he's okay. Um, but Mosley is their, is their top corner, and he, he's kind of a scrappy player. He likes to get in your face, and, but I, I just think if the Cardinals really want to spread them out, um, they can take advantage of that passing game. Now, uh, again, we'll get into some of the intangibles because if they can't stop the pass rush, then it's going to be difficult to attack that secondary. Well, you look at that 49er secondary, you reference Josh Norman's chest injury. Kawan Williams is dealing with a calf injury. And let's not forget, Mosley, he missed the first two games with the knee injury, so he's still kind of getting back into football shape, though he's played very, very well. Four pass breakups through two games, and that is tied for the 14th best in the NFL, so he is capable, but that's just one guy. Right. Cardinals have four wide receivers plus two running backs yeah. plus tight end Max Williams. And Drake or Patrick, he's also on the roster. Former Arizona Cardinal and, recently signed. Yeah, and, you know, if he's out there, I, I'm, I'm going to think they're going to target him with A.J. Green. And nothing against him. It's just, you know, he's kind of buried on the depth chart. He was a late addition, um, you know. But I, I think Demeco Ryan's does a really good job with that defense. You could see that those guys are all on the same page, and they play hard, and they play together. Well, Kirkpatrick started last week, and I would think he'd be in line to make a second straight start for the Cardinals. Norman, excuse me, for the 49ers. Because Norman's more of a slot guy. You know, he, Kirkpatrick, he's played his entire career on the outside, and then Mosley has a size to play on the outside. All right, so the three keys to a Cardinals win on Sunday. Get pressure on the quarterback, stop the run, specifically that front seven, and I'll even go further, say the defensive line. And then, of course, the Cardinals passing game against the 49ers secondary. And we've chronicled the numbers for Kyler Murray. I mean, he is right now, to me, the odds-on favorite to be the league MVP, and he's certainly putting up numbers, leading the number one scoring offense, but just his completion percentage – completions of 25 or more yards, second in total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns by a quarterback, passing yards per attempt, third in passing yards, fifth in passer rating, tied for fifth in passing touchdowns, and tied for ninth in completion. So I say all that, yet at the same time, you look back at his history last year, two of his three worst completion percentage performances came against the 49ers, and in those two games, he was sacked five times through just one touchdown, had two interceptions. So teams are different. One year doesn't carry over to the next, but it is a hurdle, if you will. Kyler Murray finally beat the Rams. Now can he do what he did at home to the 49ers? Because he hasn't beaten the 49ers at home. He's beaten them on the road. And that was not reading them at home. That would have been week one last year? Correct. Even Josh Rosen beat the Niners twice when he was here. I shouldn't. I wish. I wish I didn't mention that. It's like picking a scab. Very well done. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, you're not done yet, MJ. There was still some other homework for you to do uh, last night. So what's the uh, X factor and intangible? Well, 
I listened to Trent Williams yesterday, and he sounds like a guy that's going to play. Um, this is a great matchup. I mean, this is what you he, – he, he spoke very highly of Chandler Jones. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, he, and I don't think he's 100%. So, to me, this can be a week where Chandler – and they can move Chandler over to Mike McClinchy on the right side. Obviously, they invested high picks once Joe Staley uh, retired and they brought in uh, Williams. He's one of the best left tackles in football. He's strong. If he gets his hands on you, he can control you. But he was so complimentary uh, of Chan. So I'm just thinking this is the week that maybe Chandler can move around a little bit. Um, But I am looking forward to that matchup. That's that's iron on iron right there when you look at Trent Williams and, and Chandler Jones. Well, the five sacks tied for the second most in the NFL, Chandler Jones. But all five of those happened in week one. He's come close to getting his hands on a quarterback, whether that was Kirk Cousins or last week Matthew Stafford. Yet we talk about finishing and got to be able to finish. He is getting pressure. He's getting hits. He's getting uh, quarterback hits, and he's making quarterbacks uncomfortable. But I would like to see the quarterback go down this week and Chandler Jones kind of get the monkey off his back if you will as far as hey you know you haven't had a sack in three games and get that talk put aside yeah I just like these matchups I mean there's a reason why they're paying Trent Williams all that money and there's a reason why Chandler Jones is looking for a new contract these this is what this division's about it's about pass rushers left tackles and then the quarterback play and then now we got so many different wide receivers in this in this in this division so yeah, I I look forward to those matchups because it, it doesn't happen every week. You know, we we you know early on in the, the week one, you know Tyler Luan was struggling and Chandler had that, and then you you know week week two I thought the Vikings did a better job protecting Kirk Cousins in the first half, and then in Jacksonville you would think that based on their line. So I, I think it's time for Chandler to, you know, I don't need five sacks. Just give me one or two, maybe a forced fumble, uh, maybe where somebody can pick the ball up and give the offense a great field position. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup. All right, so that is the X factor. Chandler Jones, can he win some one-on-one matchups with Trent Williams, who I do think is going to play. He's dealing with a shoulder injury, but he's been a full participant in practice uh, since Wednesday when he was limited. So, Again, trending upwards with respect to the Cardinals' left tackle and not just the – excuse me, the 49ers' left tackle who's the uh, highest-paid offensive lineman in league history after signing that contract in the offseason. He's huge. Okay, intangible. This kind of co- coincides with everything we just discussed. Cardinals' whole line against the Niners' pass rushers, including Bosa, D4, Eric Armstead, and don't fall asleep on Fred Warner because he'll play close to the line of scrimmage you know, he's one of the best inside linebackers. You may make the case he's one of the better linebackers in this division. We, we st- are still excited about Isaiah Simmons. Jordan Hicks is playing well. Um, but he really commands, uh, you know, if they can get pressure up the, um, up the middle, he'll come in and clean up on tackles. He's You can pencil him in for 12 or 13 tackles. So the intangible Cardinals really – how do they how do they slow these pass rushers down? These guys get paid too. Bosa's off to a good start. One healthy, he's very productive. D Ford, he can win one on one matchups. That's why, you know, if you got Beecham out there, that can go a long way. And and getting back to your starting five, so it's just not one guy. It's multiple guys. And you know that's that they've done a good job protecting Kyler Murray. But I I got to think they're going to try to go after him. Um, and you got to pick your poison there. Now when it comes to Murray. 
He's 17, 18, and 1. So if he wins on Sunday, for the first time in his career, he'll have a 500 record. You know who else will have a 500 record? Cliff Kingsbury. He's in the same boat. Exactly. Tied at the hip. And we're talking about, what, five wins and then eight wins? I mean, you're going into the season, I'm like, when is he going to get to 500? And and that's what happens when you're a first overall pick and takes time. But uh, clearly the arrow's pointing up for both of those guys. I mean, they've been fantastic this year. They really have. And he's playing well, and he's also getting some great protection up front. Those five guys, or if you want to extend it to – Six, seven guys because there's been some injuries and some shuffling on that offensive line. But they'll be challenged talking about that Cardinals offensive line this week. You ask people, yeah, the 49ers, they've got issues. They've got um, problems that they need to correct. But they might have the best defensive line as far as four guys that can line up at the line of scrimmage, put their hand in the dirt. Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Nick Bosa. You've got D. Ford, Zach Kerr. They are they are deep along the defensive line, and they are very successful on the defensive line. Though Bosa still looking for his first career sack of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, and and they needed a really good job on him in previous years, and then obviously he got hurt. Now, before we uh, sign off, one thing that's been impressive to me is the balance and. Again, the Cardinals are passing 33.5 times per game, about 51.9%, rushing 124 attempts, 31 rushing attempts per game. I love that 30 and over, and that's 48.1. So there is balance in this offense. The narrative would be, well, they're going to throw it 60 times, they're going to run it 40%. That's not happening, and that's the beauty of having this offensive line and having Kyler as a luxury, and you got to give credit to Chase Edmonds and, J- and James Conner because they really have made an, Im- uh, an impact when it comes to the, uh, the rushing game. Well, we discussed it earlier here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. That running game, yes, Kyler Murray has been a factor, but he's been a small factor. He's carried the ball 23 times, which is nine fewer than a year ago through four games. He's rushed for 109 yards. He had 265 going into week five last year. But the touchdowns, he still has three rushing touchdowns. Last year at this time he had four, but it's when he's running the football. It's inside the 10. It's inside the five-yard line. It's third and long when he has no one open to throw the ball and there's been good coverage, so he takes off and runs. And that is what we wanted to see when we discussed this in the offseason and what he brought up as far as his legs being a luxury. Run when needed, not because you have to. As far as the offense is bogged down and you're struggling to move the chains and Murray feels like he's got to do everything. No, that can't happen anymore, and it hasn't happened, and it's a credit to one year three in the same offensive system and then putting pieces around QB1 as far as A.J. Green, James Conner, Rodney Hudson, upgrading certain positions, whether it's wide receiver, running back, or offensive line. And now everything is coming together, and it has looked outstanding through four games here in 2021. But now you need to see it continue and continue this week against the 49ers. Yeah, and, and we're not seeing these uh, design runs. And, you know, that at that point you can tell that they're so comfortable with their top two backs and he can be a luxury. And, 
you know, I do want him to pull the ball down and run when he has to, not not to where he's playing a hero ball. And I think he's learned that, you know, play for the next down, try to get out of bounds. But uh, you know, those design runs, I mean, they're, they're, they're fun to watch, but you just don't want to put them in harm's way. Yeah, no unnecessary hits. Correct. I do think he does a good job of stepping out of bounds, even yep. though I would prefer him not to step <laughs> out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. That's still a pet peeve of mine. Although I guess you had to ask yourself, MJ, if if you're Kyler Murray and it's you know you're scrambling and the only way for you to avoid the hit is to go out of bounds versus trying to move forward for a yard to avoid the sack, but you've got a lineman that's going to hit you or a linebacker or a corner coming up to the line of scrimmage, you know maybe. Maybe I got to look at these plays a little different because, yeah, you lose a couple of yards, and yes, the offensive line all of a sudden gets tagged with the sack, though you haven't suffered a hit to your leg, your hip, your shoulder, your head, and you're ready for the next play. So, you know, it's, don't like to see it, but if, some, if someone's bearing down on you, yeah. like, all right, I, I'm going to hit the side door and go out of bounds. I can live with it. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, it's just, it, I, I understand, but he's trying to make a play, and it, yeah, the only, the thing is though, his rookie year, it, it was frustrating because he was, he was trying to run around, and he figured it out that, yeah, I'm fast, and you know, I'm four three three, Devin Hester in the open field, but this guy's taking a different angle, so only been sacked eight times, okay, three in the last game, I want to say, correct. So it's not been every week. Um, he takes care of his body, and the offensive line does a really good job. And it's, it can't be easy when he's scrambling, and they still got to continue to block. And you got to make sure you don't have somebody down the field. I mean, it's um, they've gone accustomed to it; they practice it every day. So th- there's there's a reason why this offense is humming the way it is. Looking forward to this matchup on Sunday. Feel confident about this matchup on Sunday, as we said, even going into the Jacksonville game on paper. There's no reason for the Cardinals not to win this contest, but it is a division game. It is a division game against an opponent that has won at State Farm Stadium. In fact, each of the past two visits to Arizona, the 49ers have left with a W, but I'll go back to how we began this show, and that is looking at the NFC West standings and the ability not to get to 5-0. and For me, MJ, it's getting to 2-0 and and maintaining that one-game lead on the Rams and a two-game lead on both the Seahawks and 49ers. That's that's what I want us to be discussing post-game on Cardinal Talk and then when we reconvene here on Cardinals Cover 2 on Monday. Yeah, I'm looking at Murray's numbers against the 49ers. He's 1-3, completing about 67% of his passes, five touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been sacked 12 times, uh, and he hasn't run a ton when it comes to the rushing, um, actually, not bad. Believe it or not, 34 times 267 yards, averaged 7.85, and as you pointed out, he hit a couple rushing touchdowns. But I like the five over two in four games, five touchdowns, two interceptions, and the completion percentage up there, uh, not the same um, average per attempt just because he had to throw the ball 50 times last year. Yeah, and that, 31 for 50. The running totals, I think, were a lot from 2019 and the fact that yes. he was still trying to figure out the speed of the NFL game. Yeah, that's exactly right. In, in, he had 5 for 34, 8 for 67. Last year, the first game, he was 13 for 91. Second game, 8 for 75. So he has that in his arsenal, but I, I do like the fact that he has five touchdowns and two interceptions to where going against the Rams, those numbers were the opposite. 
One other note, Bird Gang, and speaking of the 49ers, episode three of Cardinals Folktales, one time in Mexico, available now on the Cardinals YouTube channel, youtube.com, AZ Cardinals. A look back at 2005 when the Cardinals and 49ers played in Mexico City, the first ever NFL regular season game to take place on foreign soil. Again, one time in Mexico, episode three of Cardinals Folktales on youtube.com slash azcardinals. And you can catch up on past episodes of Cardinals Folktales as well, including Pat Tillman and legendary Locker. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, we talked about it briefly uh, over the last couple of days, just how the Cardinals were leaving Sun Devil Stadium and they, Michael Bidwell went to Paul Tagliabue and said, let's have a game there. And uh, I, I, you know, based on COVID and everything else, I do think the Cardinals have nine home games next year. And I think one of those games could be in Mexico City. Well, we'll have to wait and see. And perhaps that will be on the schedule in 2022. Again, this Sunday, 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. Cardinals looking to go to 5-0. and The 49ers at 2-2 two and two stand in their way. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.